You're listening to Perched on the Top Rope with me and only me, Rob Hockman. The Long Island Ice Team, the T.O. Double D. You're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. It's the Long Island Iced Lee. As you heard from that show opener, we got Rob Hockman back on the show. Rob, how are you doing today? I am phenomenal. Tired after a long uh, WrestleMania week, but, uh, but we're kicking. We're good. And, you know, speaking of WrestleMania, you were there. And, uh, you know, there were some uh, weather issues with <laughs> WrestleMania this year. Uh, what I found most interesting was... When you were texting me, you were giving me the news of what was actually happening when the, all the wrestling websites and dirt sheets were behind. There's delays, there's delays. You were precise on everything that you texted. Hey, yeah. what's going on? This is the time it's starting, guaranteed. Boom. You were right. I got to add, what did you think of Mania? I loved it. Um, I really loved, I always liked the two nights. It gives you a breather. Um, you know, trying to cram eight or nine hours in a one night's a lot, but I liked the two nights. Um, I thought the matches were really, really good. Um, the only match I had a problem with was that elimination tag match with the, with the women, um, on the first night, um, because I felt the first three teams were just missing their spots by a mile. Um, and no matter where you were in the, in the stadium, you could see the missed spots. Um, so that was, I mean, but other than that, I mean, it was, it was an action packed night. I loved it. I thought it was great. Other than, other than watching the lightning come down on the first night, that was not fun. Oh, I, I can imagine, um, you know, the, the, you know, no one was prepared for the weather and from the way it looked like it was storming pretty bad because the flags on the ship looked like they all ripped up, all ripped to shreds. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but uh, before the show even got started, um, we got in the building probably about 4.30. Um, and right from the start, by the time we got up the level to where our seats were, they had made the announcement that, you know, Raymond James Stadium needs to announce that there's inclement weather. Please take shelter, you know, in the, in the corridor. Well, that was fine, well, and dandy, because uh, thankfully that it wasn't a... a you know, 100,000 people in the building, because uh, that would have been messy. Um, it was messy enough with 25,000. Um, but it was it was messy. And then when the storm picked up, you could hear like this rumbling. Mm-hmm. And and the higher up you are in the stadium, the, the louder the rumbling was almost sounding like a train was coming through. And when the storm finally touched down on the stadium, it actually took out the floor, the floor level. So all the seats you saw ringside were just blown away. And 30 minutes before, when, when they were actually cutting the promos, uh, you know, just before the, the start of the show, they, act, they, they had like the union people running out there to, to set up the chairs as quick as they could. And the union people actually let WWE talent help out, put the chairs up because it, the whole, I mean, there had to be 20,000 chairs blown like wow. just wrecked 
wrecked. It was almost like an old ECW match where they where they take out you know the chairs in the in the front yeah. rows and stuff. It was just blown to smithereens. It was crazy. It was oh, crazy. Wow. You know, I, I thought that they, um, you know, when they were when they were doing all those interviews and stuff that you know we as fans sitting watching at home, that they were just you know delaying for the show. As fans sitting at home, we didn't know that that they were actually picking up the chairs and stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and it was so bad. The storm was actually so bad in the area, as I'm sure you guys saw on TV. The, the announce crew, Michael Cole and Samoa Joe, they had to actually stand up in front of the commentator's desk for the first match for fear that rain and lightning would electrocute them. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it, 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 it was really touch and go, and there was a lot of discussions as far as, well, how, you know, how late are we going to go with this? And, and then into Sunday, Sunday was supposed to be a disaster. Um, but the, the stadium crew that they have there and having worked in sports, I, I know the guys, they, they have better weather, weather monitoring systems than our phones, better than the weather channel, believe it or not. They can tell you, and this is from my time working in baseball. And when you had to know when a rain delay was going to come and how long it was going to last and if they're, if they're going to call the game or not they can tell you almost to the minute this thing is going to blow out in 20 minutes. This thing is going to stay here for five hours, you know, and, and around noon on Sunday, um, I think we were sitting down to have lunch um, and, and the storm was there and it was bad. It was really bad. And, uh, but the guys kept saying, you're going to, you're going to feel it for five hours. Just sit and relax, sit in the restaurant, do not move, order a drink, have yourself a good time. You're going to be here for five hours, you know, and it's going to go, it's going to get really, really bad. But once it goes away, you're going to have sunny skies and a beautiful night. And it turned out WrestleMania day two was, couldn't, couldn't have been better. I mean, it was clear skies. It was beautiful. You never would have known that we had a hurricane uh, two hours prior. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, having been, you know, doing work with the New York Giants and WWF, did WW, you know, and WWE, did, was there a plan set in stone in case the show couldn't go on? They, they were having that meeting. Um, and it was a meeting that they really didn't want to have, but they were having it because you got to have a what if. I mean, what if it doesn't blow out? Um, they had that meeting early and there was the talk that they would have to, if they were going to get a small window, there were a couple ideas. If they got a small window, they were going to have to choose real quick, real fast, what matches they were going to put in that small circle. We yeah. obviously weren't going to get seven matches. If they got nothing, they were going to have to scrap the raw matches and just go with the SmackDown ones and do it on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Because you have, you have that small window till Friday, because Friday SmackDown Live. You have that small window. We could tape it on Wednesday. We could tape it on Thursday. And then we go into our show on Friday. The other option was, you know, we scrap it all the way to Friday, and SmackDown Live becomes the matches we didn't get to have. Uh, oh, but wow. obviously, they'd have to scrap the Raw matches because Raw goes live on Monday. Yeah. You know, yeah. thankfully, and like I said, the, the, those guys that they have in the stadium, the weather guys, they knew. And, and basically it was, I knew by four o'clock, it was, it was a go. 
and I was telling everybody it was it was going to happen 110%. I mean, I had I had a couple friends of mine. Um, they do podcasts as well and things like that. And they were asking me, you know, are you sure we're going to have a show? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I said, yeah, I guarantee you. It goes off at eight o'clock like it's supposed to. And we're going to have pyro and everything. So, and we had pyro during the storm too, which was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally, I thought both nights, even though with the storm, it didn't, to me, it didn't delay it that much. Maybe about 40 minutes of the show maybe yeah. at most yeah uh, i thought both nights were were fantastic um w- was there a particular match on night one that was a, a favorite of yours uh definitely sasha and, and bianca uh loved sasha and bianca belair um i thought you know I, I and and i'll take the fall where the fall is due um i know i made a lot of jokes about bad bunny and everything prior to the match i thought he did phenomenal um, for a guy that really busted his butt in the performance center night after night or day after day after day while he was training, getting ready for this, he really showed out. And, and, and that's also a testament to Miz and Morrison um, on how great they were able to carry him. Because, you know, having, having also been in the ring and not knowing, not being a professional wrestler, but being in the ring with guys like Jeff Hardy and Road Dogg and Billy Gunn, you really need those, those guys really need to, to know how to carry you and put you in certain spots to make things look as good as they do. Um, so that's a, that's a huge testament to Miz and Morrison. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I thought that was, that, that could have potentially had match the night on it after, you know, watching it, mm-hmm. um, you know, another great match. I thought uh, they were all great matches. Um, Cesaro and, and Seth Rollins. We, oh yeah. And I, I, I had said, this is where Seth, this is where Cesaro really needs to show Vince that this is my time, you know, because if you remember correctly on the stone cold podcast, Vince said to stone, cause stone cold asked about Cesaro and Vince kind of just kind of said the brass ring, the infamous yeah. brass ring. You know, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll flash forward a little bit here. It looks as though Cesaro is getting that main event push now from what, yeah. what happened on, on SmackDown. But um, after night one, uh, that is when we got the Stone Cold podcast with Chris Jericho. Um, oh, yeah. And, what a shocker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we had I, known it was going to happen, but what a shocker. I this is I knew this was something that you really wanted to talk about. What did, what did you think of of an AEW former WWE mm-hmm. big time superstar Chris Jericho coming back to the roots of WWE to do this show? What were your thoughts on that? I I thought it was shocking. Um, I think it definitely got a lot of people talking. Um, I also think now that Peacock kind of runs the show of the network. Um, you know, they didn't mind the, the boost and the pop from it either. Um, you know, and, and Chris is, Chris is a genius. Uh, anyone who's watched that podcast, there was so much you could take from, from that podcast, uh, you know, from start to finish. I mean, I think the thing was two hours long or, or, or even more than that. And it was nonstop sit on the edge of your chair and really just soak in everything that he was saying and trying to get across from the way he would coach the AEW talent 
um, to, you know, his thoughts and everything with WWE to his early upbringing. Um, you know, even, even I, I can remember, and I was telling Sonny Ono this the other day, um, the first time I had to work with Jericho, we were doing a, the wrestling WWE volume three CD, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the theme musics were on it, things like that. Um, road dog, Billy Gunn, Chris Jericho, we had to go into Times Square. And it was the first time I was meeting Chris Jericho. So Brian introduced me to Chris and I was just, Chris was like, how you doing Chris Jericho? And I said, oh my God, I love your father. And everyone is, he's always used to everyone saying, oh my God, I love you. And I was like, oh my God, I love your father. And he was like, excuse me. And I go, he had 212 goals. He led the league in penalty minutes. He did this. He did that. He did this. He did that. And Chris was just like, whoa, whoa, that's awesome. He goes, no one's ever come up to me and done that. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I love the Rangers. I, you know, not that you're bad, but I love your dad. And ever since then, he, when the signing was over, he gets on his phone and he says, he goes, hey, Rob, come here. So I go over there. He goes, someone wants to talk to you. And it was his dad. Coolest thing in the world. And I was like, oh, my God, I love you. You had this many goals there's many penalty minutes you did this you did that and his father was like oh my god he knows my stuff better than me I mean it was great I love his father Teddy Irvine uh great player for the New York Rangers um and and that was that's my wonderful Chris Jericho story (laughs) (laughs) well I know I know you're a big fan of hockey I you can see in the background with the with the jerseys do you have any uh anything from from Chris's dad I don't actually, I'm, I was scheduled to go on the, the Jericho cruise that his dad goes on every year. Um, but then COVID and everything happened. So that got postponed. So knock on wood, we're going to get that banged out uh, in October on the, on the Jericho three. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, that podcast, I believe was the highest rated show for, for stone colds mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and Stone Cold had even uh, shared a story about, you know, having Jericho on. He said that uh, every once in, you know, sometimes he and Vince won't fully understand, like, what they're texting to each other. And I guess from what Stone Cold said, he repeatedly asked Vince, is it okay that I have Chris Jericho on the show? Yeah. And, and you know, he asked it three or four times and Vince is like, yeah, it's fine. I think Chris and Chris talks about it in, in the podcast. Yeah. I think Vince and Chris have such a respect for each other. Um, he knows that while AEW is the competition, so to speak, I don't think Chris would ever do anything to intentionally hurt WWE where back in the day when you had the Monday night wars with nitro and raw, I think Bischoff and, and WCW was trying to do damage to WWE. I don't think Chris, I think, and, and, you know, they talk about winning the Wednesday night war. I think the, the winning is going to be won all around, not only by NXT, but by AEW and certainly by the wrestling fans, because now you're not split 800,000 and 800,000 every Wednesday night. Now 1.6 can watch Tuesday and 1.6 can watch Wednesday. And on Thursday, we can all sit around and, and, and talk about what we liked about both shows. Um, you know, instead of maybe you watched NXT and I watched AEW and we can't 
tell each other what we liked because we want to watch it. It's almost like, you know, going to see a movie before somebody else and telling them what the ending is, you know, yeah. now we all can watch it. Yeah. And, uh, and we've already seen, uh, AEW had a, a huge rating increase. I don't know how NXT did this week, but AEW did 1.2 million. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a win for everybody. It's not about we beat you or, or you beat me. It's, it's, it's a win for the fans because at the end of the day, it's the fans that are paying the money uh, to go see everybody, whether it's NXT, AEW or both. So now you're going to get those fans that are going to, that may not have watched NXT before because they were diehard AEWs. Now they have a chance to watch NXT and vice versa. Yeah. And, and, I think the way with this new schedule, especially with NXT moving, everybody benefits. Because one thing I noticed, uh, WWE Raw is by itself on Monday nights. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, you have NWA Power, which is on Fight TV at 7, from 7 to 8. Yep. And then, and then you have then NXT, NXT comes. Yep. After. So there's no interference there. Wednesday, you have... MLW at 7 p.m., but then you have AEW Dynamite at uh, 8 p.m., so there's no, there's, there's no issues there. Yep, and so, Impact moves to Thursday. And Impact on Thursday, and then Friday you have SmackDown. Yep. So there's no one company now interfering with another company's ratings. Uh, I think that is the best way for everybody all around because now you you don't have a company saying, well, I'm going to take this company out, or I'm going to I'm going to take the ratings mm -hmm. from this company, and you know we've like we've already seen the working relationships with all the different companies from AEW with Impact, MLW is now working with DDT Pro, they're working with AAA, they even have TJP from Impact on MLW, and Impact working with AEW, guys switching back and forth. Yeah. Do you think this could open a door for AEW with Chris Jericho going on Stone Cold's podcast? Do you think it could open a door with WWE at all? A small, uh, a very, very minute door. Maybe like the door that that, that uh, Tom and Jerry the Mouse had. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. maybe about about that big. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, read too much into Jericho being on the podcast, other than. It's two, two uh, veterans that knew they weren't going to strong arm each other and, yeah. and they weren't going to, they had to, they had to talk about AEW. It's the elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, but also I think they, they had that respect with each other and I think Vince trusted them both. Um, and that's, that's what that came down to. I, I don't foresee Kenny Omega jumping the guardrail and getting involved in a match anytime soon. Yeah. All right. And, and, you know, the other thing about the, 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 the podcast episode, um, you know, with, you know, Vince giving permission, uh, even Paul White shared a story about talking to Vince about going to AEW and, and Vince said, yeah, go ahead, you know, go make money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and those, those are the, you know, the, the literally, you know, they're hall of famers. That's what they're going to be hall in the hall of fame at yeah. some point in their career. Um, we unfortunately didn't get that with, uh, what happened Wednesday, April 15th, <laughs> unfortunately some, uh, you know, April 15th, 2020, 
we saw WWE let go of a lot of superstars. Uh, mm-hmm. Some were furloughed, many were let go. But this past April 15th, WWE does it again. Yeah. Not as many names this time, though, but there were some shocking names, mm-hmm. including names that had a WrestleMania match. Yeah. Uh, this is generally something that we've you know usually grown to know that after WrestleMania, there's usually some talent that gets let go. What were your thoughts on everybody who got let go in 2020 before we jump into what happened on this year? Um, I think the 2020 names, well, let's, let's back up for a second. This happens every year. Yep. Every year after WrestleMania, there are contracts that get evaluated and people get let go. So it's not like COVID started this, this whirlwind of let's let go 20 guys. Um, We just made it a big deal because some of the names that were let go in that 2020 release uh, guys like Kurt Angle were people you just weren't expecting, um, you know, and and it was it was shock. But sometimes a lot of those guys, the, the guys who are really good, they caught on in in places where you know, you know that that they could catch on with, um, and some of them got brought back. Um, you know, Kurt Angle was brought back temporarily as a as a as an agent. Um, it wasn't necessarily something he wanted to do so you know that kind of fell by the wayside but this year same thing this year um i look at the talent that got released and there the majority of them are going to catch on um uh what's her name uh the iconics peyton royce and billy k peyton royce's husband is in AEW. yep so you know she's going over there She's going to take her best friend with her so they can, the Iconics can rekindle themselves um, over in AEW. Um, who else was the other one that's I'm trying to think who got released? Samoa Joe. Oh, uh, well, Samoa Joe. No, no, no. Um, uh, Chelsea. Her husband is over in AEW. So. Uh, Matt Cardona. Yeah, he's an impact. Impact. But he keeps yeah. popping over in AEW, so she's going to yeah, catch yeah. on with Impact. She'll go back to Impact. I think she even tweeted out a photo of her old Impact gimmick where she's yep. got the smeared makeup and everything. Yep. So they, a lot of these guys and girls have a home to go back to, um, you know, whether it's a new home in AEW or Impact. Uh, they've got places that they're, they're going to go to. I think Samoa Joe, if he's healthy, if he's able to wrestle, uh, the, he's going to be that prime pickup that everyone's going to fight for and want to, you know, and, and if I was Samoa Joe, I would just sign one-off deals and, you know, almost like Matt Hardy was doing yeah, and, and just collect a boatload of cash. And that, and I say that if he's healthy, there's a reason he was behind the broadcast desk. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the one thing that I found interesting though, was when they started moving around the commentary team. Yeah. They brought, they brought this, they bring this guy in from ESPN. Okay, great. Everyone automatically was saying Samoa Joe's going to SmackDown. But when they made the announcement of uh, the, the ESPN guy coming in, nothing was brought up about where Samoa, what they were doing with Samoa Joe. So people were like, oh, he's going to go to SmackDown. 
oh, he's getting back in the ring. We didn't find out until I believe it was Thursday that WWE hired Pat McAfee to join the commentary team for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know you watched Raw. How did you feel that the, the guy from ESPN did? <laughs> Having started doing commentary for DDT, uh, DDT Pro and, and Noah, I know how hard it can be. When you're a company like WWE, I would like to think they would have tried to go out and get someone that had some wrestling knowledge to step in into that role. It uh, doesn't have to be the best person in the world, but someone with some wrestling knowledge. And when the guy openly on air said, I'm way behind the times, guys. Uh, thank you for giving me the chance to catch up. You're telling all of us that you suck. <laughs> I mean, at least with the hiring of Pat McAfee, huge fan, has been in the ring, knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, he follows it, so he kind of knows who he's talking about. Um, so uh, that was a, a, a smart move. He also brings, Pat McAfee also brings a lot of, a lot of outside fans to, uh, to the table just because he's Pat McAfee. Uh, Adnan Kirk, I, I don't turn on ESPN or SportsCenter for his stellar commentaries. Um, you know, so I don't know that he brings that many eyes to the table, at least in Pat McAfee's case, he brings a ton of eyes to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, usually after, you know, we have these, all these changes after WrestleMania now with the releases and and everything else going on, usually the raw after mania is wild. There's swerves Mm -hmm. in matches there's call-ups. This episode of Raw After Mania had, I mean, aside from the Viking Raiders and Charlotte Flair, but you know, both are, you know, already, you know, already had their spots on the roster. Yep. There were no call-ups. Yeah. I'm gonna say yeah, because we don't know what's gonna happen, but usually the Raw After Mania, there's some call-ups. I think the the reason behind the no surprises and the no call-ups is the no fans um you know how do you go from doing two nights of wrestlemania with twenty five thousand plus each night in in raymond james stadium to the tv monitors again and the pumped in crowd noise huge letdown because anyone that was at wrestlemania either night both nights the talent felt the energy the fans felt the energy and you just you you it, you, you, it, it was a completely different feeling. Yeah. And it's, you know, you went from zero to 60 and then down to negative by going back to the TV screens. I understand why. I, well, I understand that they did it. I don't understand necessarily why. I think if they had the same protocols in place at, at you know, the Thunderdome that they had at Raymond James, if they even make it, take it a step further and say, you have to have your COVID vaccines in order to get in. You have to show proof that you have the COVID vaccine. Um, whatever they want to do, I don't think you can bring 25,000 fans in and then go back to none. It kills it. And I think that's why there were no surprises or anything like that. Because if they were going to do something 
crazy. Let's say Becky Lynch or Ronda Rousey or something like that. Um, you want that sold out capacity crowd to just go nuts. Yeah. You don't want TV screens going like this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want, I want 25 million people in the building. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, you know, a lot of people actually uh, suspected that Becky was going to show up on night one. Uh, she made an Instagram post and uh, a lot of wrestlers like to do these teases, mm-hmm. but as she went down each letter, you know, for the, each word, it spelled out night one. So oh wow! Okay. She gave, she gave a teaser that, and a lot a lot of fans uh, kind of suspected that she was going to appear in some sort of capacity, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, you know, which is fine. I thought, I personally thought Mania, this was one of the better Manias in recent years. Yeah. Um, night two. You know, we saw three title changes, um, which. You know, if you're, I guess, a, a smart fan, after I had seen, uh, you know, Matt Riddle lose his championship, the United States Championship to Sheamus, uh, and then the Intercontinental Championship, and then I don't even remember what the other title change was, but the I tag with almost, yeah, almost, and and AJ, AJ, yep, because that made AJ a Grand Slam champion. Um, I remember watching those three and I I remember thinking to myself, there's literally five title defenses on night two. We've already seen the women's tag tag titles that, that didn't change. And then those three in the middle changed. The first thing I said to myself was we're not getting a new WWE universal champion. Yeah. You were there live when you were watching those. Did you think that at all? Or I, I mean, I knew it going in. We weren't going to have that that title change, um, and it's only because they they they're keeping Roman as strong as possible for his cousin to show up once he stops filming an NBC show. Um, so, you know they they don't want to do that fifty fifty booking with Roman. Just let him go in there and do it. Um, you know, I I mean. It was a little wonky with everybody doing all the, the stuff that they were doing on the outside. I think they spent, you know, half, three quarters of the match outside the ring. Um, but they, they I, I knew they had to keep Roman strong. They had to keep Roman strong. And you can't give it to Edge, who's a part-timer. He's signed to only five matches a, a year. So he can't really be your champion on TV every night. Um, and, and Daniel Bryan, we had that already. So, you know, let's, let's stick with the strong hand with Roman. And I think, I think Roman's doing a phenomenal job. So I'd stick with the strong hand. The other titles, the other titles. I mean, I, I love the almost, almost still trying to figure out how to say his name. Almost name. Uh, I thought that was great. Um, you know, the only thing that I had a laugh at, and I don't know if this was designed or if nobody ever just told him, but you're in a tag match and he really is partners with AJ and he really wants to win with AJ. How weak was that stretch out for the tag? <laughs> like he really, he, he almost was like, you know, and, and I'm surprised that like midway through the match, AJ didn't say, you got to lean in a little more. Come on now. Because it was, 
that was the shocking thing was he just he stuck his hand out there and was just like okay you, you can't reach it no aj is struggling three quarters of the way over there you're eight foot tall lean over yeah. and get that hand out there yeah he, he could have uh you know he could have covered a big chunk of that ring if he really extended exactly out, you know? aj never would have had a problem <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was absolutely crazy and um one thing i did notice on air was uh i guess for better or worse the lack of chemistry between the hosts titus o'neill and hulk hogan now oh, we, know, we we know what hulk hogan has done in the past we know you know titus o'neill warrior award winner for everything he's been doing in florida with you know charities and, and everything but uh could you hear fan, the could you hear the booze as loud oh, as they were? Oh, we could hear them, yeah. Okay. At one point, it, I mean, some of them were low, but then other other times you were you you'd hear and you'd be like, "Oh my god, they're booing Hulk Hogan." <laughs> and and you know, I I had people over and and I'm going, "They're booing Hulk Hogan right now. That's not for Titus. That's for Hogan." Yeah. But the one thing that I constantly caught on to whether they were backstage or in front of the crowd, if Hogan went to look at Titus, Titus's whole body was almost positioned to like almost having his back to Hogan. Yep. And, and even in the backstage segments, Hogan would look at Titus and Titus just was kind of like this, like not even acknowledging that Hogan is next to him. Yep. Um, did you catch on to that when you watched any of it? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, and in the crowd, uh, the first night, it, it was real loud the first night Yeah. to the point that everyone was, you know, looking around going, are they really, we're really doing this. We're really going to, every time he opens his mouth, we're going to take him down. The second night it was off the charts bad. It was loud louder than loud and as loud of a pop as a becky lynch would have gotten the cheers he was getting the booze and that's why i didn't i haven't watched it back i that's why i wanted to ask you could you hear it on tv because it was it was loud in the stadium it was loud for twenty five thousand, and if they had a hundred thousand in there oh boy, that would have been rough that would have been rough i mean the only thing i thought of was you know what Hogan has done and you know what Hogan has said. Titus O'Neill is an African-American and he has shared his opinion and views on Hogan. He's mm -hmm. been, he's been open about it. Whose idea was it to put those two together? I think it was the, the idea of if we can put these two together and the people, everyone sees that they're together, then all will be forgotten and forgiven. That wasn't the case. <laughs> well, not only was it not the case, but but like you were saying, with the the subtleties of Titus, I think was telling the viewer, you may think we're together, but we but, ain't yeah. together. And it it really to me it really made all of those segments kind of awkward. Like yeah. There was there was one in the back where Bailey comes up. I remember specifically Bailey comes up and the NWO is there and she's trying to get them to. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at one point tight, you know, 
the, the you know, Sean, Kevin, and Scott all, you know, go kind of one way. And then Titus is there. And I, I, I felt like Titus and Hogan were supposed to walk out, walk away from her together. Titus was just like, up and see ya. Yeah, then, he was like, I got to go do something. I'll be back. And, then and he Hogan, took off. Yeah, and Hogan just kind of stood there like, uh, I don't think that's how this is supposed to go. And then just kind of awkwardly yeah. walked away. Yep. What did you think when you watched that segment? What did you think of that? It was it was off. It was off. I I also thought the, dressing them in the pirate suits were were ridiculous as well. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, I also thought making Titus and Hogan the hosts. First of all, why do we need a host? Why not just have those moments where Hulk Hogan goes out there and they play his music and he gets in the ring and he does his flexing and all this stuff? Why do we got to make him a host? Because now we're trying to make him remember lines. And if you watched him cutting those promos, not only on the, on the stage when they were live, but also in the back, he was fumbling over his words and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it just was very, very awkward. It was very unnecessary. It was very awkward. Um, and it probably was a lot of money spent that didn't need to be spent just because he's from Tampa. You know, I mean, and, and you know, if, if, if anybody had seen the Hogan's Beach Shop uh, website for Friday, he was trying to sell autographs for $500 each. When we first heard the booing on Saturday, we thought those were the people that went down to the beach shop and had to pay $500 to get an autograph. <laughs> which is actually really ridiculous because um i i've i've sent items to his beach shop and you can get stuff signed a lot cheaper yeah yeah you know but uh hey that's i mean that's 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 it's you know. the price of going to wrestlemania he took advantage of the wrestlemania crowd god and bless people, you hey it's free market if you can do it god bless you and people paid it people yeah paid it. No he sold it. out yeah, you know, um, I, I I've always I've always been a Hogan fan. You know, I you know stemming from a kid. You know, I, I you always try to not let the outside influences of, of things that they do affect in ring careers. But you know, now we're in 2021 where um, those things do affect things, and and we've seen in the past before 2021 or 2020 where things outside affect your career. Prime example: Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, look at the, look at the incident between, uh, Jim Duggan with the iron Sheik. not supposed oh, to be yeah. together, getting arrested together. And Hey, you just screwed up kayfabe a little bit, you know, yeah. type, you know, um, speaking of, of, of kayfabe, this is a, a question that's always in, I've always liked to ask there are still some wrestlers out there that keep that alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see that in former WWE writer, uh, Court Bowers promotion, MLW with Richard Holiday. He has an MJF likeness to himself. Mm -hmm. After all, MJF was actually in his, in, in the stable with Richard Holiday. We see MJF. He is what you see in the ring. That is how he is 24 seven. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Even though you know there is the internet and everything, and now we're seeing wrestlers, uh, a prime example like an Alexa Bliss, who's in a, a really dark storyline, 
but on her social media, she doesn't show that side. Do you think that if WWE went back to kayfabe ways, wrestlers would be actively wanting to pursue that in their own social media? I, I think once you let the cat out of the bag, it's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, to try and put the toothpaste back in the tube is, is I, don't, I don't think it's going to work anymore. Um, you know, I, I also think that one of the things that was really big, even in the, the nineties and two thousands were the girls didn't flaunt their relationships. If they were married, they kept it private. If they were dating someone, they kept it private because that part of that, a good portion of that was your marketability. They wanted the, the company wanted the guys to think they had a chance at dating you. That's what made Sonny so great. And she was passed around more than a two dollar bill, um, <laughs> you know, but that's what made her the most downloaded woman on the Internet. She was gorgeous yeah. and everybody thought they had a chance with her. Um, same thing with Sable. You, you she was she was gorgeous and everybody wanted to be with her. She didn't go around flaunting the fact that she was married to Mark Merrow or then dated The Undertaker or then shacked up with Brock Lesnar. It, it just didn't happen until later on. Um, you know, and now, you know, Lana's lost all of her marketability um, and, and all that stuff, you know, whatever she did with Bobby and things like that, it just wasn't believable. Um, Alexa Bliss, she's the, she's the cute girl next door, you know, and you know, congratulations on getting engaged to Ryan Cabrera, but there goes your marketability. So we might as well turn you into a demon child. Um, same thing with the Bellas. I mean, these reality shows, they've got, you know, you, you lose all your marketability. And I'm sorry, sex sells. So once you lose that, you lose a big portion of your market. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm kind of glad you said that because that was like, a real big thing for you know Vince Russo even over in WCW. Mm-hmm. You know, women women sell. This yeah. is primarily a man's sport, primarily men watching. You have these beautiful women. No guy wants to see someone come on and there's a ring on her finger type deal or you know flaunting that she's engaged or this or that. And um I agree with you 100% like with those reality shows and stuff like that it takes away from a lot like you like you were saying like with with Lana for example she's in this storyline with Bobby Lashley that she's married to him but Miro's on Twitch and she's right behind him yeah doing all yeah. her dancing and all you know and all that stuff and you know if you want the you know if WWE's trying to pass this storyline well she's on her social media and she's ruining the storyline which are now you know now you know why it was dropped so fast, but it, it probably honestly it should have been dropped faster because it just it was dumb. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, and then Rusev is gone from the company, and and that was it. Like that was, you know, one, once she was seen on his Twitch, it was just like, oh, okay. You ever so noticed they- that? You ever noticed that Mandy Rose and uh, her partner don't flaunt that they're in a relationship with anybody? Yeah, because Both she, of she, them are. Both of them are, but they don't flaunt it. You don't see it on social media. Yeah. You don't see it uh, anywhere. Yeah. And I guarantee you, their marketability right now is sky high. Yeah, and that was with um, 
I, I believe he was re- I believe he he was released last year. Uh, Tino Sabatelli, the former football player, is the guy she was dating. Mandy Rose was. Yeah. 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 No, they they never flaunted it at all. Never photos on social media with each other or anything like that. Um, I I have I and people are going to disagree and say, well, that's wrong and this and that. But you're I think that you hit the nail on the head right there. You're a woman in an industry that's dominated by men and it's hard for women. I don't want to say to advance, but it's hard for a woman to get the notarization as, as the yeah. men have, you know? And if you have to hide your relationship, look, look at all the, the men in the business that don't flaunt their relationships. You know, obviously there's like the Miz who does, but he's got a reality show out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is you don't see uh, John Morrison and uh, Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. And now she's got that new name, and I'm I'm glad that we just said that because did you watch her debut on NXT? Yes. Yes. Love I the dog. I, I, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know how I feel about it. How did you feel about it? Ah, uh, I mean, I don't like the new name. She chose it though. Um, I again, she can't be Taya Valkyrie, even though we all know who she is. Um, but eh, I, I, I know she can work. She's phenomenal in the ring. So if given a good chance, she's going to do well. The promo. I mean, Hey, look at it this way. She did a lot better than Rhea Ripley did Monday night. Cue cards. (laughs) Cue cards. And that's what everybody is saying, because when you watched Rhea Ripley cut that that promo. It was not only that, but if you watch it really closely, you can see her eyeballs move. And it's like if you were reading paper, your eyes move. You may not move your head, but your eyes move as yeah. you read left to right. And you can see it on TV all the time. If someone, even, you know, if you watch anyone, even like the president of the United States, when they have a teleprompter, you're watching them read left to right and their eyes are moving back and forth, even if it's ever so subtly. And that was what she was doing Monday night. Yeah. And like I said, like you're, you're, you're just watching and she's not looking at, at, at the, the, the interviewer doing the interview. Yep. It's- and she talked like this, like a robot. Yeah. She had no fluidity or anything to her. Um, you know, and, and going back to WrestleMania, if anything, if anything about the, the, the weather delay and everything that we had to go through Saturday night taught us, it was when you give the mic and have people go on the fly, cut promos, some people are really good at it. Um, and, and it goes to show that maybe those are the people that you should let go a little more often because maybe they'll build a character a little more often. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just an observation. Um, you know, I thought everybody who did those promos off the cuff were really, really good. Um, and, and to be told, you know, as you're, as you're getting ready for, for night one of WrestleMania, if the pressure wasn't strong enough, hey, and you get a grab on the shoulder, come over here and talk about your match. Put over yourself, put over your opponent, put over the match, and get out in five minutes. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, um, uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about. I know that you're personally friends with, with Brian. Everybody knows him as the road dog, Jesse James, WWE mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Um, we all know that, you know, he had a, had a heart attack. How has he been doing? I know you're friends with him and he's doing well. He's got to listen to doctor's orders. Um, you know, and, and thankfully he didn't have a heart attack. He had, well, he had a heart attack. Thankfully he didn't have any blockages. So let's rewind the tape on that. He didn't have any blockages, which is always the scary part. If you have blockages, then they have to do all sorts of different procedures and things like that. Thankfully he didn't have that. So, um, you know, having a lot of friends, that have had these issues like that before. It's uh, you go on an exercise regimen. Uh, you obviously have different medicines and things like that, and you just got to take better care of yourself. Um, you know, not gonna lie, this this job working in WWE is very stressful. It's very strenuous, um, and when you're in a position as high as he is, it does take a, a huge toll on you. Um, so, you know that 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 plays a factor in everything, and I think he 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 just has to take a little bit better care of himself he'll be back he'll be back he's he's doing really well um anyone that follows him on social media i think now that he's got so much downtime he's he he finds all all sorts of things to to be posting and reposting on on social media um (laughs) you know from it's his dogs to his he's just got two new twin grandkids um so he's he's got a lot at home to keep himself busy oh that's that's good um yeah I, i wanted to you know, get an update because I, I know you're, you're friends with him and everything. And the last time we had talked, um, you know, he was, he was doing good and you, you had shared some news about it. So I want to, you know, get a nice little update. Glad to hear he's doing well. Absolutely. Um, and, and the fact that he's got two, two new grandbabies is even better. That should, you know, keep him up in, in high spirits and everything. And um, with the weather, with WrestleMania and, and you, you know, you being, have haven't written WWF WWE. Uh, did you have any experiences where the weather took an effect on a show? You know, if you know power goes out in a building, or um, you know, to delay, you have to write some stuff up. Um, how stressed out do you think everybody in WWE was with those weather delays from from Vince down to? <laughs> I, I could tell you probably I've never had any issues with weather. I mean, other than maybe snowstorms and things like that, kind of putting a wrinkle in people getting to the building and, and fans and stuff, obviously having to travel to the buildings. Never had a problem with weather. Um, we actually had weather. We actually had rain in Orlando the year Flair retired, the WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. We had bad weather throughout the, throughout the show. Um, but it wasn't lightning. So we played through. Um, but I can tell you, I'd, I'd bet you dollars to donuts that everyone from Vince McMahon on down were saying to themselves, thank God we're going to Dallas next year and we are in a dome and they could throw hail. They could throw sunshine. They could throw rain, snow, sleet. It doesn't matter. We're in a dome and the show will go on no matter what. So the only problem is going to be you're going to have to figure out how to get there. Other than that, I, you know, thank God we're in a dome. Thank God we're in a dome. Because I can tell you that was not fun this year. The show itself was phenomenal. The weather issues, definitely not fun. Being stuck under a a rattling stadium 
while this, like I said, this wind coming through, it sounded like a damn tornado and a train about to hit the building. And you can, and you're hearing the, the chairs ringside just get blown away. It, 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 it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. I'm looking forward to Dallas. I love Dallas. I loved going to Dallas and Jerry World the first time we, we did it. It is a beautiful stadium, and that's coming from a Giant fan. It's a beautiful stadium. They've got a Victoria's Secret in there, so all the guys can get their girlfriend's lingerie for the, that, you know, later that night. They can make rock babies. There's also a Ford truck dealership inside the building, so they can actually buy a pickup truck as well while they're watching WrestleMania. Because, of course, You know, when you go to a Cowboys game or WrestleMania, the first thing you want to do is buy a truck and some lingerie. But they're there in, in Jerry World. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, we have talked, and uh, I, I have talked to my buddies, so uh, I will see you at WrestleMania next year. There we go. Breaking news right there. Right there. I will be going. I've already talked to my buddies about it. Um, I did tell them, I was like, hey, look, you have to understand a few things. <laughs> I go. I got to do a floor seat because I want a chair. And I go, if not, then I'm going to be with Rob Hockman. And there you go. You're more than likely to join. Just know that we're going to be spending some money for all of this. I'm not getting a seat where I got to have binoculars. I want to be able to see what I'm going to see. If we're not in a suite, we're going to be on the floor. And I mean, a floor seat where I'm not 100 rows back, but we're going to have fun. So. Well, here's, here's, here's a couple things for, uh, regarding that. Um, number one, the suites in Jerry World are amazing. So, so yours truly will definitely have a suite in Jerry World. Um, it is a little high up, but you don't need binoculars. We were perfectly able to see uh, Shane get tossed off the Hell in a Cell when he fought The Undertaker. Um, the chair, as far as the commemorative chair, now with Ticketmaster, no matter whether you buy a 300 section or a floor seat, you actually have the option of buying the chair in advance for 25 bucks, as long as you have tickets. And then you pick it up at the Superstore. So you actually can pick it up, not even have to carry it around WrestleMania with you, go down to the Superstore, you pick up your chair with your ID and, and drop it back off at your hotel room. Um, and the, uh, instead of having floor seats, I would go with like a 100 level because the floor seats, everyone is the same level. Yeah. So, you know, in my wife's case, when, when Brian was nice enough to get us floor seats in the Meadowlands for WrestleMania 29, you couldn't see anything because we, had, we, were, we were maybe seven or eight rows back. But we also had, uh, you know, guys that were the size of almost standing up, cheering. Yeah. And thankfully, because it was Giants Stadium, MetLife Stadium, and I had worked for the Giants, I knew where we could go to get better area. Um, so, yeah, 100s, a lot better than a floor seat. Awesome. Well, I'm Unless you're going to sit ringside. Unless yeah. you're going to sit ringside, which is going to cost you 25 grand, and you could buy a suite for that and bring 16 of your friends. Yeah, and I've only uh, I've only been uh, ringside for uh, Night of Champions 2011. I was I was ringside for that. That was man, ten years ago now. Man. See, time, time flies. flies when you're having fun. Yeah, time flies when you're a wrestling fan. Uh, Rob, where can fans find you on social media and follow you? 
as always, I'm on Facebook, Rob Hockman, uh, social media at Rob Hockman, Instagram at Rob Hockman. Everything is at R-O-B-H-O-C-H-M-A-N. Don't put the K in there, just the H. Right on. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Make sure you follow us everywhere from YouTube to Twitter to Facebook to Instagram. TikTok, everything is Perched on the Top Rope. And remember, fans, spoiler free is the way to be. And Rob, I want to thank you for joining us again. Had a very lovely time and uh, look forward to it next week. Absolutely. I'm ready. Mm -hmm.